0: Welcome to Talkie Talk, the podcast for the media by us. My name is Brent. I'm here today with TJ. Yo! And Chris. Hello. And that's all. And we're going to be talking about what we've been watching, and then we're going to follow that up with a little look at recent news, and uh, finish up with telling you what you should go see this weekend at the movie theater. And uh, Before we get started, though, there's something I need to talk about. Um,
1: We we took way too long at our pre-show meeting. And there's something I remembered, slash saw today, that I just want to get out of the way first. Uh, It's time for TJ's tidbits. (laughs) (laughs) right, Uh, I am talking about a movie called Taylor Mead's Ass. Anybody heard of this movie? This gym?
0: Yeah, actually. Have you? No.
1: Okay. (laughs) Uh, It's an Andy Warhol movie. He directed it. 1964. Okay. Um... Chris, you've seen Idiocracy, right? Yes. So you remember the movie that wins eight Oscars, including Best Screenplay? That's just an hour and a half. No, that's the TV show. It's just a a guy's ass on screen. Okay. Uh, That's what this is. Just two hours of Taylor Meade's ass up close. Bare ass. Who's Taylor Meade? Uh, Should I know that? You probably would if you were around at the time. Um, Um, That was not... Yeah. He's an artist. Okay. In the same, like, beatnik kind of shit with with Andy Warhol. Um, But here's the best part about this. And this is completely, like, Velvet Buzzsaw. What's wrong with, like, the high art industry? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this is the uh, Village Voice Review at the time. Um, Staring at this cleft moon for 76 minutes, I begin to understand its abstractions. High contrast. Lighting conscripts the ass. Into being a figure for whiteness itself, particularly when the ass merges with the blank leader at each reel's end, the buttocks, seen in isolation, seem explicitly double—two cheeks divided in the center by a dark line. The bottom's double structure recalls Andy Warhol's two-panel paintings. It goes on and on. I'd get off to this. Fuck that, dude. First <laughs> off, Andy Warhol—like, what's his other the where he shot the Chrysler Building for like twelve hours and turned that into a movie? Yeah. So, yeah, Andy Warhol made a movie about this fucker's ass, and it got, like, praise from art critics. If they made a movie about a fucker's ass, it would be more interesting. <laughs> and it would be three minutes long. I didn't see this, but it also, this little thing I'm reading, includes the, in the 2006 film Idiocracy, a theatrical film from the year 2505 is depicted, just called Ass, which, like Taylor Mead's Ass, consists of a close-up of someone's exposed buttocks for ninety minutes, and according to the movie, it quote won eight Oscars, including Best Screenplay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice. So uh, that is streaming on Hulu. Taylor Mead's ass not streaming <laughs> Of course not. So we should have contests where that's the punishment. <laughs> <laughs> is Talk of fame, Taylor Mead's ass. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was also filmed at the factory.
0: Yeah.
1: Cool. Is the New York City art studio? Yep. So, that was a week, not week, a brief reintroduction of TJ's
0: tidbits. Nice. Nice. Well, I would like to go first. Do it, Breezy! Because I got some movies to talk about. I would like for you to start with one that
1: I know you saw, if you don't mind. Uh, what movie is that? I'm really curious to know what you're talking Kapow. about. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: I wonder Zingo. what about
1: Shazam. Zingo. Zingo.
0: Zingo, bingo, bingo. Zingo, ain't my baby. <laughs> uh, yeah, I so saw Shazam, the new movie starring Zachary Leva. I've just seen it. Many critics call it the best uh, DCEU
1: film, even though DCEU is kind of not a thing. <laughs> I'll tell you, it,
0: this doesn't even feel like a DCEU movie at all. It doesn't feel like it's any kind of a part of a f- universe. So, not, not don't think academically at all. What was your favorite
1: before heading into this?
0: My, Wonder Woman or... I know you have, like, weird uh, feelings about Aquaman. <laughs> oh, it's tough. Oh, it's tough. Um, I think my favorite is probably Wonder Woman. Okay. Yeah. So, was, was this better than Wonder Woman? Um, I don't know. Do you like it better than Wonder Woman? It's so so different. This movie, yeah, this movie is pretty much maxed out on how much I like it. Like, it's, it's just very fun and very, you know, aimed at kids. Um... But I really enjoyed it. It's it's like the big of uh, of superhero movies because I knew nothing about the character of well that's we're getting into even, even weirder territory now, right. which is like the character was Captain Marvel, who would say Shazam, right? To turn into Captain Marvel, but uh, which is actually kind of played for a joke in the movie, which he never really has a superhero name in the movie. Oh, nice. His friend keeps coming up with. Uh, superhero names and it's by his friend I mean his like so it's about a kid he has a foster b- foster family and uh, his uh there's another kid basically his age in the foster family and they're like 14 or so maybe 15 and uh, the his buddy slash foster brother is uh, co- constantly trying to come up with superhero names for him and they're all like awful and so he's just like captain lightning fingers and uh, <laughs> Uh, at one point he he introduces him as the great Thundercrack and he's like please don't call me the Thundercrack hey TJ already talked about that movie (laughs) right Andy Warhol's Thundercrack Um, but but no it's just you know it's a character I know nothing about so I brought no baggage into the movie which is really nice and it's just an origin story for Shazam and you just get to it's a very unusual superhero. Is he, like, Superman, Captain Marvel-esque, in, as far as strength of power goes? Well, he has, like, a handful of different... So a lot of the movie is, is is him and his buddy trying to figure out what his powers are. Okay. So it's just, like... The trailer sells that
1: well, yeah. Yeah,
0: and so, like, they find out that he's impervious to bullets at one point. And uh, it's almost all super fun trying to find these things out. Fun. Like they're trying to discern if he is indeed Superman. So I guess I, I take that back. The only time you notice it's in the DCEU is the fact that they are aware that Batman and Superman are real. Okay, okay. and they, they they make reference to them because he's the this brother like, dude, you could let me meet Superman. You could you could get me a meet and greet with Superman, right? If you're if you're good, if you you know you're an impressive superhero, um, but. Yeah, I had a blast with it. I thought the movie was genuinely funny. And I think, as far as like recent funny superhero movies go, it's not quite as funny as Ragnarok. Yeah. But it is, I think, funnier than like Guardians-level
1: humor. Oh, wow. Uh, how were the kid actors?
0: Uh, the kid actors were fine. I didn't notice them. Didn't notice them being bad. I actually think the... the That's the, impressive. You the, know what I mean? I yeah. think the <clears throat> uh, foster brother... Sidekick, basically, from us. Yeah. of that movie the main is, kid actor. The main kid actor is uh, um, probably is above average. He's good. Oh, nice. nice. He's a, a high point of the movie. And I can't remember the lead's name now.
1: He's people love Chuck, the TV show. Zachary Galifianakis. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. He's he. You can tell he is having a blast in this. Movie. I bet. Yes. Um, <laughs> there's even a nod to Big, the movie Big, at one point. Nice. He's having a fight with a bad guy, and they fight on a giant keyboard in a toy store. And
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so
0: he's like dancing, like bump, 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 and throws a punch, and then you just hear the bad guy just like you just hear the the piano keys like going straight oh, down, like, worth, like <laughs> charging yeah. him. Um, but yeah, it's it's a great concept of a kid trapped in a superhero body who doesn't know how to fight anybody.
1: Nice,
0: and so it's just a straight up comedy. Fun, I right. definitely recommend it. It's a good time at the movies. Did, uh, did you rate it yet? Do what? Did you read it yet? I did. I think I gave it four stars. Nice. nice.
1: Yeah. Uh, quick question. So you know that uh, that that meme or image? There's like this wrestler who goes to conventions all the time, and he always puts out like a like a sign that looks like he wrote it in Sharpie. And like people are there, and he writes like autographs five dollars, and his line is always empty. Do you know that? No, Mm no. What's the thing? I was curious. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, What do you think Superman does when he's not at the Fortress of Solitude, and he's not floating in space listening to Trouble? Because you said meet and greet, so I immediately thought like, oh, well, it must be easy to get a meet and greet with Superman because other than the 11 movies or so that Superman is in I bet he spends a lot of time in malls signing autographs for people
0: (laughs) I bet you could
1: get a meet and greet the same way that like I could have met Stan Lee 10 times going to Dragon Con enough like me walking into (laughs) Kroger that day when I called you was it Jim Donnan you remember that Vince Dooley Vince Dooley I walked into the Kroger right down the road from where Chris and I live and uh this guy was selling Georgia football books. <laughs> He's like, "Hey," and I was like, "Hey." And we talked about Georgia football for a while, and then I, well, he was like, "Do you want to buy a book?" And I was like, "No, nah, I'm good." And the person behind him got him to sign the book that he had written. It was fucking Vince Dooley. I was talking about talking to. I called Brent. I was like, "Vince Dooley's at Kroger." It was the same Kroger that had the uh, the uh, soup Nazi actor oh, nice. selling his soup <laughs> it was at the Kroger <laughs> bar house. Yeah. Uh, I I didn't try the soup either. I forget the... what soup for
0: you! (laughs) I
1: forget the, uh... This is the short bit, and then I'll tell the Dooley bit, but... I forget what hockey player it was, but Havluchuk? You know, Martin Havluchuk? Yeah. Uh, He played on the Canadiens for a while, then he played on the Devils for, like, the end of his career. I ran into him in the grocery store in New Jersey, which is Wegmans. (laughs) And my buddy, who is, like like, a Habs fan, and, like, a... He's from Montreal was, like, freaking out because the guy was just pushing his cart along. And I was like, I don't know who that is. Where, like, contrasted with, like, when I worked at the bookstore at UGA, when Vince Dooley came to sign books, everyone was like, oh, Vince is here again. And it's like, what do you mean? It's like, he's an asshole. It's like, oh, weird. weird, really? Yeah. He was pleasant to me. I feel like I feel like to have, like, a winning attitude as a head coach of a college football team, not just any college football team, but, like, a premier championship level college football team, you have to have, like, enough grit to be an asshole to people who are wasting your time. So I bet that's who I was hearing it from, was, like, the people who were like, oh, you don't know who I am, so you're not important. Because I have, for my entire life, surrounded people by, surrounded myself by people who know that I'm either important or good at what I do, whether that's, like, being a Yeah, he's a also at the, the bookstore, like, a, coach. a stone's throw from the stadium. Oh, this was an obligation. Yeah. Oh, really? This was not, like, him, like, whoa, I should definitely make a stop at right. UGA as a... You know My next press tour
0: Right I really hope you Use the timestamp For quote Is Vince Dooley An asshole <laughs> Like right after Shazam and before Like some other movie That I watched it's Just so people are like Wait what <laughs> What is this How oh, did it lead to this No 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 This is still in the Shazam timestamp nice. When
1: we started talking About University of Georgia Football Right <laughs> Uh, I almost asked a little while ago I almost asked Brett if on, on air if Jim Donnan should be in the Hall of Fame because he is and that didn't seem right to me but I realized that's a different podcast it's this sport, sport it's sports <laughs> Chris is in here
0: <laughs> um, what else do you watch Breezy uh, before I move on yes I do want to say Mark Strong who I like is in, yeah. is in Shazam he's the big bad oh cool uh, is just, that, that's the Kingsman guy, right? Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, he is good. He's Merlin in Kingsman, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, he's not, good. He's good. In, he's good in the first Kingsman. <laughs> is
1: he? Wait, is is Mark Strong better as Merlin or Stanley Tucci? Uh, that's right. Nice <laughs> throwback. I just want to put a timestamp in here and like miss time it because I, I fucked up the timestamp last week, and someone's like. I don't know, I clicked on the timestamp and I'm still listening to Transformers. Uh, yeah, thanks to the listener who messaged me. And said, <laughs> I clicked on the timestamp for uh the Marvel, but it was still Transformers. God. <laughs> He's like, this like, why did you do this to me? I got tired of y'all fucking kicking Transformers ass. I is skipped ahead to Captain Marvel. He looked at it and he was like, uh, Transformers last night? Yeah, I'll skip one that.
0: Day, one day I really want every I want every time stamp <laughs> To somehow get in there and make it reroute back to Taylor Mead's ass. <laughs> it's like, okay, moving on. Click. God damn it. Why? No, Taylor Mead's ass again. I just love that he was like, okay, this is just a funny Transformers jokes. but y'all went
1: on for too long. I'm going to Captain Marvel. We did. Click on it, and then it just oh, going. It, was, it was 13 minutes. Yeah. Was, yeah. Did you guys wild. let me talk about Transformers. <laughs> it was funny because it was you left the 1 off of an 18, so it was an 8 minute mark. So it's set up back so there's ten more minutes.
0: <laughs>
1: Apologies. I will make sure that I get the timestamps right this time. And if not, I'll just fix it later. Yeah.
0: Alright. Uh, I want to hit on two older movies that I watched this week. And uh, one I'd seen before one I had not. Uh, this movie I had not seen in probably 20 years. I watched The American President with uh, Michael okay. Douglas. That's not the one where somebody takes the place of a president with a lookalike. No, that's Dave. Okay. Yes.
1: <laughs> they're they're same, came out around the same time. Though. I thought Meet Meet Dave, which is
0: the <laughs> uh, Eddie Murphy, Murphy movie. Now, this is Annette Benning? And what, this or Dave? The one that we're actually gonna talk about. Uh, Annette Benning, Michael Douglas. Okay. But do you know who wrote this movie? You ever seen it? Is it Sorkin? It's Aaron Sorkin wrote movie. Yeah, this I thought movie. it was like a
1: I think I've it's come like across a, that reading about my favorite T V show. So
0: I'm watching like the first couple minutes of this movie and they're like quick banter White House officials walking down a hallway, and the cameras following them. And I'm like, I was, like, yeah, yeah, I was yeah. like, did Sorkin like rip this movie for his style for West Wing? And then I see that Sorkin wrote the movie. I was like, oh, that makes makes a lot of sense, especially in the uh, first like couple of scenes when she's in the campaign office. It's very Sorkin. Yes, it's very Sorkin esque. And yeah. it's, it, it's it's like a weird like. If you ever did, you ever wish the West Wing had like a two hour romance right in the middle of it? <laughs> That's what this is. It's, it's, a it's not movie. his. It's not his best. Thing for him to write, but it's it's so so far above bad though. It's a pretty good movie. It's also really weird having seen West Wing to see the chief of staff being played, White House chief of staff being Uh, played by Martin Sheen in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Hey, so so clear something out
1: for me. This is the movie about the the president of the United States, and he's like a single guy, a a widower. And then yeah, he's a widower, and he falls in love with Annette Bening. She is a, a lobbyist. Okay. Yes. I caught this, like a piece of this, on like Stars or something it's, it's, recently. It's a charming. It, thing. it really was charming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The scenes with him and his daughter are so sweet. It mm-hmm. yeah. was well, Tuba, I think. I remember something. Trombone. Trombone? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I bet you were naming character names, and I was like, no way. Secretary of Tits, Tuba Gooding Jr., <laughs> 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 Secretary of the Interior, Trombone Shorty. <laughs>
0: It's just the roots. The roots played a candidate, vice president Questlove. I vote for him.
1: Hell yeah!
0: <laughs> but anyway, it's a. I don't want to spend too long. On it. It's it's a good movie. It's a, it's a great like Sunday afternoon watch. That's what oh, it was for me. Yeah. It was one night where I wanted to put something on and I didn't want to think too hard about it. I just wanted to be like lightly entertained. Uh, the next movie I watched, first time watch for me, it's an iconic movie, 1983, The Outsiders. Never seen it. You, Chris, ever I seen haven't. Outsiders? You know, I think like I have read the book.
1: I, I think I, yeah, I've seen bits and pieces. I've never. Do you know like all the
0: people it. who are in the Outsiders? Matt Dillon, uh, Emilio Estevez. Uh,
1: there's somebody like it's like a bunch of brat pack people, right? Well, somebody like super famous now who's like
0: acclaimed, like Tom, Tom Cruise. Cruise. Yeah, yeah. Tom Rob Cruise. Lowe, Patrick Swayze, uh, yeah. Ralph Macchio. Nice. Yeah. So, uh, I was listening to a podcast. It was uh, a. Um, uh, what's his name? Mark Marin did an interview with Rob Lowe, where they they talked a little bit about this movie. And Rob Lowe said he only found this out recently. He found this out like three years ago. That the I mean, it's a Francis Ford Coppola movie. That the, they cast the movie by looking at people who had been on covers of Tiger Beat.
1: They were nice. looking wow. on.
0: That so that's why that's it's a good looking cast though. Like I, I C. Get Thomas Owl, Ralph Macchio, Rob Lowe, um, Diane Lane is uh, in that movie Tom Waits is in a single scene yeah, in that movie that's what Tom Waits does in movies <laughs> um, super iconic for like launching all these What's careers the, like, general plot it's about uh, sort of uh, greaser kids in Oklahoma in like Tulsa in uh, okay. the 1950s so just out of
1: place youngsters yeah
0: Okay. and basically they have uh, like uh, scraps with like the preppy kids okay and it's sort of a rivalry going on with them and basically one gets out of hand the preppy kids get a hold of them and uh, ralph machia's character kills one of the preppy kids okay and so a few of them have to go like out of town go into hiding for a while it's not a very good movie oh, i was really disappointed a little bit with the movie huh. yeah it's, i mean that's what you get when you cast off the cover of <laughs> i guess i mean it, it was inconsistent in spots like there's a uh, there's one part where um uh, the main character, Pony boy, is his name, and uh it's the the brothers all have like weird names like Roblo plays soda pop, his brother and okay. uh but Pony boy is the main character and uh Patrick Swayze is his older brother who plays pony boy uh Pony boy is C Thomas Howell okay um and uh, his, uh he's like smoking a cigarette and Patrick is like cut it out, man, I don't want you doing that like that's it's bad for you trying to be a good good big brother. Literally five minutes later in the movie, C. Thomas Howell, uh, Ponyboy's like, hey, can I go to the big, like, gang fight? Yeah. And uh, Patrick Swayze is like, I guess, just keep, you know, watch yourself there.
1: He's like, what
0: the, this yeah. makes no sense Especially to in the early
1: 80s, cigarettes weren't even that bad
0: for you yet. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's, it's not that good. It's, 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 well, it's, 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 I mean, it's not that bad either. Yeah. It's just, uh... It's one of those movies that I feel like, and and y'all might not know, because
1: y'all don't have this, but I have brothers that were born in, like, the 70s, so they, like, watched The Outsiders, and they talked about it all the time, but I've never...
0: You know what I mean? Yeah. I just couldn't... I feel like a lot of the the outcast greaser vibe in the movie was just so over the top. Yeah. Like, it reminded me a little bit of, like, the, the... I feel like that's what Kevin Bacon was trying to do in Footloose when he's just like kicking air, like you yeah. know, I'm just no, he like, was acting, I'm, like.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I know what you mean. Like I'm a I'm a badass, but they don't know how to be badasses, kind of. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, have have you? Uh, you I, I'm going to write down the time. So I'm going to edit this out. Uh, have you read the book? I've not. So Essie Hinton, mm-hmm. she was one of the first like young adult fiction, like young adult. I, I had no idea it was based on anything. Um, it's one of the like the books that I picked up basically because I knew it was a movie, but I found an edition at a thrift store that was like not the movie edition. Mm-hmm. So the book's about like a hundred and ten pages. So There's not
0: much plot to this. Well, yeah, I figure, yeah.
1: and also, and it was she wrote it in nineteen sixty five. Mm. So like to to take all of that and basically like help define a genre because it is seen as like a genre defining book, is like I don't like, caricaturizing your like villains and your protagonists like makes sense to me. Like when I think about like To Kill a Mockingbird as like an influential book in American fiction, not that it was one of the first, but definitely like one an early novel. It was one of the great like, novels. Yeah. It, there's definitely like the anti hero archetype was defined like set period in both Boo and I forget the guy's name who was on trial. But like that kind of like protagonist you hate to root for and the protagonist that you learn to root for. Right. So like that kind of so makes sense to me with something like The Outsiders where the movie would be like, oh well here we're taking something from a medium where it didn't exist previously, where it was like stellar, take it to a medium in nineteen seventy where like this has been around for you know, dozens of years with like youth and teens and movies, right. and it's like, well, this is kind of trite.
0: So, well, maybe a two part question: Was this set in the sixties, or was it current times? No, it, was, Do you know? it came out in the eighties. It's set in the sixties or fifties. Yeah. Okay,
1: I was I was wondering that because I was always like blown away when I realized that like, Greece was set in the fifties and it came out twenty years later. Because mm-hmm. I just watched that movie and I'm like, oh, it's the current. They filmed it for the current time, seventies yeah. and fifties. Right, the fucking same to me in 1995. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And I mean, you can't look at John Travolta and go, "Oh, wait, he was—he looks this old. I wonder how old he was
0: then." Because John
1: Travolta, well, I looks knew it was like filmed in the seventies, but I just assumed it was the seventies, right? You know yeah. what I
0: mean? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say like completely avoid this movie just because it is kind of interesting to see all these actors that you recognize. It's a good like conversation piece too, moving forward for people our age and older. Yeah, I feel like I was like, man, I'm kind of glad I watched it just yeah. because it's like a—it's a movie I feel like I should have watched at some point, but. Yeah, yeah. And the actors are brimming with charisma all over the place. Yeah, I mean, I mean like it's
1: 13 future superstars or whatever. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, it is similar to me in my head, and probably only in my head, to the movie uh, Lost Boys, only because of who the people That's in, in of the Lost Boys are. I've yeah. never
0: seen that, and I, I've always connected the two to, in my head. Yeah. And maybe
1: it's the title alone. Mm-hmm. but maybe. yeah. Uh, it's like, that movie seems so out of place, out of time, and really out of vogue, even probably for a year after when that movie came out, but it's like, you've got fucking uh, Kiefer Sutherland, uh, Alex Winter, who doesn't matter now, but mattered during Bill and Ted's, and will matter soon with yeah. Bill and Ted's. Yeah. Uh, like, there's, there's, there are a lot more people in that than you think. And then it's like, yeah. oh, this is kind of a bad movie. I understand why it's referred to as a cult classic. How mm-hmm. was uh, Cruise? Just real quick. I don't want to talk about this whole podcast. Fine, but
0: hardly in it. Okay. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's, this is like a couple years before whiskey business. it's eighty five, right? Yeah, eighty. It's maybe eighty four. It's okay. it's around maybe even the same year. I'm not sure, but it's uh, it was had not been out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, All right. Well, fun. That's a movie. up. Seen a lot, but never watched. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I watched the 2019 Netflix documentary Fire. Oh, about nice! The Fire Festival. So I've watched like bits and pieces of both docs. Chris has watched both, right? No, I've only watched
1: the Netflix one. That's the uh-huh. one that didn't pay him. That's the one that didn't pay him. Okay, so Netflix didn't pay him, but refused to pay him. Netflix, uh, I want to give Netflix a Because I think it's a baller move, but it was executive produced by Fuck Jerry. I know But There's a different Ball of yarn too Yes On and there are Uh It's It's They are as big of a fraud As uh, The guy who put on The fire festival Well then why not pay him No 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 I'm saying for separate reasons Yeah I know. Fuck, I'm just no, saying Not like... fuck Jerry and their Involvement in the fire But like fuck Jerry Are problematic Because right. they literally Steal things from everybody And that's how they make money Yeah and this guy, I guess, technically stole things from people who bought tickets for a thing that wasn't a thing. Yeah, I mean, this is... I didn't know about a lot of the Fuck Cherry stuff. This is like, like frauding individuals that aren't... Like, so, Brent does, and I used to... more. I've really started doing this only now, but like... We have a... a, a, a I won't say we. Brent has a couple of sports websites, Facebook groups, that... Uh, deal with stuff and there are websites with sports people that like blatantly steal shit and yeah. just copy
0: and paste or like rewrite things or like Barstool or 12, 12 up. up yeah 12 Up and then uh, god what's that what's the worst one that got all the yeah I'm sorry anyway but like
1: blatantly just like steal articles they don't do any research they don't yeah. do any interviews and it's fucking horrible um, and I feel like that's kind of what fuck Jerry is right yeah um, this seems worse the Firefly guy I mean he's in prison first off so, he's he didn't break. He's not? No. He was. But he's he's, he's, he's not now. now? No. Is he out now? Yeah. Okay. Well, he wasn't for long. Okay. Because it turns out that if you're the kind of person who can make a lot of money doing very little work, you don't stay in prison long. I think he was yeah.
0: sentenced to six years, so there's a chance he's already out. No. Yeah. Like time to serve or whatever was, mm-hmm. what, Chris, 18 months? Something like
1: that. Um, um, as but as, anyway, I will say they at least didn't cut a check to this douchebag who right, fucked over people who weren't... Like, it, I'm sorry, if you're just writing shit on the internet, you're just going to get copied and pasted. These are people who just bought super expensive tickets to go to this thing. It, even if you don't watch these documentaries, read on it, it's
0: super fucking interesting and unnerving. Yeah, Those aren't even... There's another demographic of people that really get fucked over in this that you notice in the documentary, and that is he... Promised to pay Bahamian locals yes. yeah. to build yeah, that's everything. Super fucked up, and they worked their asses off for a month, yeah. and that cafe owner breaks my heart. Is that the yeah. woman? Yes, who said that she had fifty thousand dollars in savings that she had to spend to, to like pay her employees, to pay her stroke. employees, yeah, because she got nothing from fire. Yeah, because um, they showed up with Billy. What's his name? I forgot it Mac- Good, Mac- McKin- no, uh It's better No one knows his name Yeah
1: But the uh, asshole Who put this on uh, With Ja Rule he Didn't put anything on <laughs> The asshole Who claimed to The asshole Who ran the scheme Yeah Did the thing Where he was like Did, did no preparation And then everyone showed up And it's like Oh this is the closest Restaurant to us And was like Had a handshake deal With her Like we'll pay you If you feed all of our Our crew Including all the locals And she was like Yeah absolutely like
0: I'm seeing fucking Kylie Jenner post shit about this. Like, of course I will. She's thinking this is going to be here every, five, you know, every year. There's going to they're going to do this every year. This could be so so big for all of us in this island in this town.
1: Yeah,
0: um, that's who you really that's who you like tear up for in yeah. the documentary. As a documentary, it's it's fine. It's solid. It's not not great, not bad. And uh, it's one of the few things that I feel like oh, I'm glad this got made because it needs to be told. Yeah. It is interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, like how it all. It's
1: how well it's part of this. Uh, what was the Netflix Not Chris? I don't think we ever talked about it on air. The um, th- about Instagram and social media and like advertising. Oh, American meme. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, American should be coming out about that stuff now. Yeah, yeah, well, like it's 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 a super fucked up, like weird backwards ass way of advertising. Yeah, because you pretty much just cut X person a check and they'll like, I'll take a picture and post it. It works. It's great fucking advertising. Everyone knows, like, who influencers are. You can kind of define the idea of an influencer, but no one can really define what you do to get there or what their job is. Other than, like, we get paid to sponsor things for the people that follow us. So, like, that loop into the FIRE documentary where... What was an orange panel? Was that what yeah, it Yeah, that's... That orange panel that they're just like, oh, they just had all these, like, hot models all over the world post this orange panel, and everyone's like, what the fuck's this? What the fuck's this? Like, it's really interesting now to see documentaries come out about, that, like, reference this new social media age in, like, a really strong way.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. It, it... Hey, you know whose marketing plan that was? Not Fuck Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I follow a lot of YouTube YouTube channels that are like, fuck, fuck Jerry, yeah. and comedians, because they steal from comedians, too,
0: who tweet. Right. So,
1: I'm on the mm-hmm. fuck, fuck Jerry stream. Nice.
0: The one thing about watching this documentary is that I kind of felt, I didn't like the way I felt watching it, because I, I got to the point where I was like, there were a lot of victims of this that I just didn't really feel that bad for. Oh, that Wall Street dude, the guy with the hair plugs and the curly hair, who was just like... We all thought it was going to be the most epic weekend, and it was just like, I paid ten grand for that cabana. Yeah. You know? It's like, well, you did that based on a bunch of bullshit off of Instagram, so I really don't feel that bad for you. Yeah, you kind of can't wait for the testimonials to get shipped by,
1: like, the shit that happens because you, like, know it's coming and rub your palms together. Yeah. And then when it happens, you're like, well, I do feel bad for you that this happened. Yeah, it's wrong what happened. But for, for the most deserving victims, like, you're up there, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: And I didn't... That's what I'm saying. I I I don't want to start an argument
1: about that. Because, like... No. Because I feel like you can't be, like, the guy who spent his last ten grand because it was his dream to go see these people. You can't be like, he got fucked over, but that guy didn't. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Before you said anything, I was going to say, I agree with what
0: you're going to say. Yeah, I know y'all do.
1: But it's it's a a really fucked up thing, man. But, like,
0: part of it was I read about it and I was like, oh, some of these finance bros can afford to... Uh, Take them to court for, and they did, and they got they got like a four million dollars settlement. Yeah, but you know who wasn't part of that? Are all these poor people in the Bahamas? Yeah, no, they they got royally fucking right.
1: It's it's a really interesting thing that happened because, like from the beginning, they start talking about how like what we did was we decided to sell people a dream. And they bought it. And it's like, well, no shit. So, like, while I do make fun of the guy who's like, well, yeah, of course I go to every festival, so why wouldn't I go to a fire festival? Like, I, I still do, like, deep down, like, apologize for myself in front of that because no one should be defrauded by being sold what they dream to be possible in their lifetime. Right. And it gets fucking stolen from them. But I still don't, like, and not that y'all have an answer, I still don't get how... I don't understand why he half-assed any of it. I think... Like, I, I don't know what the reason was for him, like, serving him cheese sandwiches. Like, why did you give him anything? Because he, he oversold the promise and thought that a half-measure would be better than nothing. Mm-hmm. But why would you think that?
0: I mean, that's I what the documentary goes into. There's yeah. a lot of that. It's okay. just like, they're like... We would tell him this is like falling to pieces. You got to abort this, and he'd just be like, "Well, let's just do this. Like, what can we get done?" It would be plummet. Like
1: they would. So there was one guy who was the pilot who turned out to be who ended up being the logistics guy, not logistics of flying people to and from, like all infrastructure. And he was like, "I told him, like sewage is a huge problem. Like we need to spend like three million dollars, and we need to like revamp." this abandoned com- condo complex which is the site of it like like I don't know what to do but we need this money and we need to do a lot of work like basically like digging sewers and he and his conversation with him stopped immediately he disappeared for 48 hours and came back with a check for 4 million dollars because what he would do is he would make promises to people who told him about problems he would go talk to an investor who was dumber than anyone or trusting enough to rely on this guy's pedigree with his failed credit card company because he's an entrepreneur and entrepreneurs are all about risk and they would be like you know what we'll invest in this idea not knowing that like they're not investing in the idea they're paying for them to try and solve the sewage problem and then he would take that check and he would go well 10% of this has to go to catering. We can't pay the caterers. What can we pay for? We can send someone to the grocery store. We can buy, like, a Bird thousand loaves of yeah. bread and, like, a thousand packs of Kraft Singles. Right. Yeah. So, it was... It, it, like I would love to say that it's like some kind of pyramid scheme but it's just a pyramid scheme with a single unseparated <laughs> triangle with pyramid head yeah, yeah. <laughs> where this guy was just lying to everyone promising everything and not delivering on anything i watched
0: nice. i felt it was like watching two trains on a track headed for each other where both engineers were aware and they refused to slow down. Yeah. That's what that whole movie, the whole documentary.
1: Except is. one of the one of the conductors was like, that train's not there. Right.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. That's <like> a <laughs> just the worst case ever of just blatant just uh, refusal to accept the truth. Yeah. Um one more movie. Yeah. And this is a fairly recent movie. I don't know if we've it, I don't know which of y'all saw this last year, but a 2018 movie. I finally got around to seeing the worst Marvel property movie of 2018. I saw Venom. Oh, no. Did you see Venom? No, TJ and I, neither of us saw Venom. Venom is batshit crazy and not in a good way. (laughs) I saw
1: just one scene recently because someone loaded it to YouTube. The scene in the uh, gas station... How fucking insane
0: is that? (laughs) Somebody wrote that. That (laughs) This movie is just... It it was... Okay, this might be the worst movie ever where I'm actually kind of looking forward to a sequel. (laughs) Because as bad as this movie is, and it is bad across the board, completely wasting the time of some very good actors, like Michelle Williams is in this movie... Michelle Williams is in this movie. Why do you even try to get Michelle Williams if this is the movie you're making? But uh, as crazy as it all is, and it is incomprehensible at times, it's incoherent, as bad as all that is, the relationship between Eddie, Brock, and Venom in his head, them talking to each other, it's weirdly interesting Mm. and uh, it's the best part of the movie. The venom voice, which just sort of screams, things, screams like uh, comments from its own id at yeah. him. This is like, uh, let's eat that person. <laughs> and he's I like, w- he's like, we shouldn't eat everybody. Let's only eat bad people. <laughs> I watched the full scene of the uh, like robbery gone wrong
1: and a little like, okay, gas station scene. Yeah, the yeah, mentioned, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was it's- here for that. <laughs> How crazy is that scene? It was bonkers. The writing is ridiculous.
0: Yeah. It's two hours of that. Um, not always that entertaining, though. So, so, did you see Upgrade? I did not see Upgrade. Okay. I hear Upgrade did a lot of that as well. Um, it's really that, gotta, like, take something to, to, like, make him a fighting It's, like, machine. limitless. Yeah. But... More, like, action-y. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I heard Venom did it better. Even though Upgrade was a better movie. <sighs> uh, yeah, I, I don't know. But I was... Like I said, there's apparently going to be a sequel. <laughs> Plans for a sequel. It I'm made sure it. it made money. That's the problem with
1: sequels now, man. Is that like, it used to be like, did it make money? It'll get a sequel. It was a good like barometer you
0: could use. But now, everything fucking makes money. Yeah, this was like top five grossing movies of 2018, yeah. I think. Was it R? Uh, it had to have been. I don't well, know. shit. Uh, that's another thing that's changed. I don't know. It wasn't very gory. That was Tom Hardy. I... I Worry about old Tom, dude. Tom Hardy tried his ass off. Yes, yeah. It is kind of a good performance from Tom Hardy, considering what he was being asked to do. Um, a good performance, a weird romantic buddy comedy, <laughs> like between between him, between and, him the, and Venom. Yeah. It is it is a weird. Their relationship is the weirdest like buddy comedy thing I've seen in a long time. So, better than Topher Grace and Venom. Yes. Okay. Better than Spider Man Three. <sighs> yes. I mean, Spider Man Three is just dog shit. Yeah, that movie is I awful. This movie is bad. Okay, but it's better than it Spider Man was... Three.
1: So this is a. I just found an article. I will read later, but I want listeners to go find it because it looks interesting. Polygon has a whole article about how Venom was seeking an R rating and
0: couldn't get it. So that's weird. I yeah, I have an idea. When you, when maybe in the scene where he bit off the guy's head, show the biting off of the head. <laughs> if they were confused as to how to get, why does
1: it. It, no? They probably were doing like that cost too much. Oh uh, yeah. Well, the producers probably said, "No, they were probably like PG thirteen. We'll get more yeah. money." Yeah. It but, just, it just unfortunately came at a time when there was a bunch of rated R comic movies who made a ton of fucking money. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a Polygon article. Polygon generally has really good stuff. Yeah. You know, like, half of their creators are great and half of them aren't.
0: So, while I I don't recommend Venom, it's something. (laughs) I mean, it's not going to go unwatched by me. It is not going to go unremembered either. But that's it. Thank you for giving me extra time today because I watched watched a lot of stuff. This is going to be a long one. We knew it coming in. Yeah. TJ, what'd you watch?
1: Uh, Actually... Besides Reality Roundup, which we get to after Chris, I really just rewatched uh, one movie, and that was uh, Wonder Woman. I feel like I was a little, like, harsh on Wonder Woman when it first came out. I think I gave it, like, three and a half stars, which felt fine, but people were like...
0: That's probably a, a tick below average, but not... Yeah, you know, like, I thought possibly so. Well, people
1: were, like, freaking out, right? Like, uh, DC made a great fucking movie, finally, and it was so much better than everything they had done before. Um, but... Not like tooting my own horn, but like, I just saw it for what it was, and I was like, "Oh, maybe it's fine." In the first forty-five minutes, are great. Mm-hmm. Everything on uh, in Amazon or not? That's not what it's called. Uh, uh, it's, it's called uh, the it's not model, the I mean. island of women is great, and everything with her and Chris Pine is great, and the team building is so fun because that's yeah. always so fun, and then they have that awesome battle at World War One. Like, which is great that no man's land battle. Yeah, and then
0: that's forty five minutes into the movie, and then the Aries shit takes over, and it's boring as fuck. Aries is a disappointing villain. Yeah, Um, Yeah. I do like uh, her. Really, I still think like Gal Gadot and Chris Pine together have some of the best. There's a chemistry in any recent... There's a chance if they don't cast either one of them, the movie's awful.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, Their shit on the boat is still just like. There's this scene that I've, I've forgotten, but when they're arguing about where he's going to sleep, and he's like, well, you, in my culture, we don't, like, assume we're not going to sleep by, so I'm just going to sleep over here in this, like, uncomfortable spot, and she's like, wow, there's plenty of room here, come here, and then he lays down beside her and closes his eyes, and she just sits there, and, like, like she's not, because she's, like, a kid who's super excited to go right. on this, like, voyage, and she's just like, "Will you talk to me, but it looks sexy, because it's fucking gaga and everything she does is just extremely sexy. But, she's got like Revlon ads now, and I'm just like, okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. She's now I have a whole, whole house full of Revlon. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's a really effective saleswoman. <laughs> yeah.
1: Is she good in the uh, I just want to talk about Gaga Dove for a minute. Is she good in her fast appearances? Yeah, since we she have is. A, a resident fast and furious expert. She is. She's not like the best part, but Cause there's she's good, there's the her and John Hamm spy movie. I forget what it's called, but I um, watched that a year or so ago. And like, she's by far the best part in it. Her and John Hamm. I think Zach Galifianakis is like the straight man in that movie, mm-hmm. which is oh. weird.
0: I remember that movie coming out. That
1: mascara? I don't think so. Is that no? Is that the Land? that? The I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if I know if I saw it. I was oh, like, no. I don't think that's a Zach Galifianakis. <laughs> no I mean fuck no his, his, his mom's name is Themyscira Galifianakis. <laughs> <laughs> Uh but no it was a it was a rewatch I was waiting for the right you know how you get some of those yeah, you're like yeah. I need to rewatch that at some point but I'm not ready yet and I rewatched it uh, over a few nights kind of like 30 minute segments yeah it is the best DC movie I've seen but you haven't seen Shazam you still gotta see a couple then yeah yeah and that's, that's it, though, for me, besides reality roundup, so I'm going to punt to Chris. Chris. Cool. So, I want to just give an update quickly, um, only because I feel like it deserves it. Um, I uh, told you all last week or the week before, uh, I was watching the Hulu show Looming Tower. Mm-hmm. The Jeff Daniels. It, uh, it is more up Brent and mine's alley than yours, I feel like. Uh, I love uh, like political rehistories. Yeah, um, like In the Loop is one of my favorite movies. I really love that movie. It's Armando Iannucci. Um, <clears throat> it's just like a, I, I love that like sense of humor and that just like flat satire, not like satire pause for laughs and then payoff. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up having the same problems with this that I have with Vice, weirdly enough. Um, the first nine episodes, I think, are phenomenal. They tell the story of, basically, the communication breakdown between I-49 and Alex Station, the FBI and CIA, uh, field offices in New York for the FBI and CIA, respectively. And it's Peter Sarsgaard versus Jeff Daniels, which I think are two, like, acting greats. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of sparring. And it's really good for that. Um, but... They make a lot of judgment calls about conversations that happened kind of on the side uh, that I don't like. Um, and that's juxtaposed with using the real 9-11 commission testimonies from 2004 from the real people that they were all portraying. So, like, there will be a moment the day that 9-11 happens where uh, uh, Stuhlbarg... Uh, pulls aside the actress Condi Rice so Richard Clark pulls aside Condi Rice yeah. and goes hey this is UBL 9-11 was UBL we've got intel that says that what's the, UBL? Uh, you sound Bin Laden okay but, we've got intel that says that they took Saudi uh, nationals uh, out of Saudi Arabia they were taking training school like we can get this we can like this is Al Qaeda so like just want to let you know your secretary of state like briefed the president this is Al Qaeda and we have some pretty good ideas of where UBL is. And she responds in the show Rumsfeld wants Saddam Hussein in Iraq, so that's what it's going to be. And it's just like, that is a lot of, that is a big guess. That is such a big guess that when I saw it, I was just like, I was alive during that. I don't know. And if at any point, it, like a thing that is supposed to be like a, like a, this is how it a went near through. fiction like a dramatization then I don't want you to make the leap that like says after this show ends and our fiction is over then now you have the full story and you know how the rest played out that because sounds that sounds worse advice but yeah I'm not'm I'm not not, to, not yeah. thinking of that I'm no, just no, saying no. like that is bad I agree yeah. Yeah. yeah and that's that is probably the most offending part. Because they do a lot of good work, probably, in interpreting the in-between, because it is a lot about cables between the CIA and the FBI, which is something we'll never find out about. Because, so, like... I don't want to know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Both, I don't want to know, and also, if someone says, oh, that's that's privileged information because it's an uh, issue of national security, it's like, oh, you're the two agencies who do that? Fine. Yep. totally understand
0: we pay you for that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so it's interesting. That's a little disappointing. It's interesting, but near the ninth and tenth episode, it gets a little bombastic. that's where I get like, I know I know Chris is the same way, and Brent, I bet you are too. But like, one reason I like Newsroom so much is they're like, so upfront. Mm-hmm. Like, we're fucking a great TV show, and yeah, we have liberal bias. West Wing's the same way. Like, we all love West Wing. We think it's great and amazing. Super upfront. We're just like, we're gonna be left-leaning, we're not going to be, you know, we'll leave the old, like, red right side. They can watch JAG and NCIS. Yeah. We're not for them.
0: We're something different. Yeah.
1: Um, Not to say they're smarter or anything, just that
0: we're different. Yeah, West Wing is sort of like an idealized, like, what is like a perfect Democratic White House? Yeah, I and mean, you've, you've got a
1: president who gets to nominate two judges who's like, I'm going to pick a far right and a far left. Right. And it makes people like us go like, hell yeah, yeah, that's the best move.
0: Yeah. It's so into fiction. <laughs> I mean, that would obviously never happen. Yeah, which, they, yeah even but, when they have the uh, the election towards the end of West Wing, it's also like the Republican candidate, they also draw up as like an ideal Republican candidate. Yeah, yes. Vinnick. Arnold well, Vinnick, is that his name? Yeah, not evil. No, yeah, just, just
1: yeah. Which is why it's so hard when something, and I mean Jeff Daniels is very left in his like political views. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's why it's so hard when you He's watch Jim Carrey, yeah, who's left and nuts. So <laughs> when you watch a piece of fiction that goes like, "Oh, we're left, and the the other side is evil," it's like, "Well, we all know that's not true." You might be able to point to someone on the other side of your political aisle and go, that person's evil, and you might be right. But that's not true about the rest of them because of that person. Right. And that's that's where I would push back a little bit on the Vice comparisons, not seeing Looming Tower, mm. is that I think Vice at least embraced this like vice, vice president in those terms that were fucking bizarre. And they were different than anything we've seen and anything we've seen since. They, they were crazy. He was in places that no vice president had ever been. And this sucks because it is something that is, like, true and dear to every American's heart. And we're like, we're playing it like it is. This is what happened. And then to do something like that seems a little shitty. Yeah. I mean, it's... I think it's still a little, like, like left of field from that a little bit. Only because I thought that vice took liberties in ways where... Uh... Allegedly, Cheney was like excited and power hungry and thirsty. Yeah. Sure, and they made they they made him like a villain in yeah. Vice in yep. a way that I was just like, eh. Yep, he probably wasn't that bad. Totally agree. The the way that they made the Bush administration, like the whole thing, is like to play like, that way. I played up the like Bush dumbness. Yeah, so like in, he wasn't an idiot. So in Looming Tower, they kind of. Play the, like, well, the CIA doesn't get along with the FBI. It's all the critique of the intelligence community, like, pre-9-11. And which, if you're wondering where pre-9-11 comes from, it is referring to the intelligence community specifically. Like, politicians started talking about it because of this breakdown. Um, But, you know, it is much more copacetic in the Clinton administration. And as soon as Bush gets elected, it's like a new head of the FBI gets appointed who... Name I don't know, but who's like really combative with John O'Neill, who's the head of the New York office, and who is like supposedly like one of the CIA like men, like like a company man who's like willing to go to bat. But I do want to say about Living Tower, the best part about it is they've got this young guy who's acting uh, in the role of Ali Sufan, and he was. Uh, and I said this before, uh, that at the time in the FBI, there were only 10 Arabic speakers in the whole of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Yeah, we talked about this on the podcast last week, I think. Yeah. yeah, and he was the 11th guy who ever spoke Arabic, and he, and his his performance, the guy who plays the Alice Fun, is phenomenal. Nice. Uh, he's really good at it, and he's good in it through all 10 episodes. If you watch it just for him, it's worth it. Looming Tower is streaming on... Hulu. 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 Yeah. Hulu Excellent. original series. Um, and the other show I watched, because I let streaming services feed me media, is I decided to give the Netflix show, uh, Hana a try. Um, this is the Joel Kinnaman, uh, Esme Creed Miles, uh, I guess, like, redo of the movie. Huh. Um, did, did you guys see the movie, Hana? No. Uh, yeah, I think I watched it with David Okay. At- your folks' house. Okay. Like, when you were in law school, I think. Okay. Hannah yeah. uh, was great. Cast and I loved it. It's got a great scene. That, uh, cast and I are both huge fans of, like, dilapidated, run-down places you can go visit. Right. And there's a great climax scene in, like, a run-down... Amusement park. Amusement park yeah. in Denmark or Czech or somewhere. Yeah. In Europe. So, um, but a great, great fucking film. So then, for Bretton and listeners who don't know, uh, it's a story about... Um, kids who are raised up in this kind of like clandestine operation that uh, raise them to be like genetically superior, like uh, Im- immuno- immunologically superior, and just like better humans. And they could also fight, and they could do stuff. They were just like better people. They're like, like Black Widow esque. Yeah, like a human genome project type. Yeah, I watched um, this.
0: Umbrella Academy is what we're talking about, right? <laughs> <laughs> near near miss. Yeah. All
1: right. um, and so it follows this uh, this girl who was born to a woman who sold her baby to this organization, and then this guy breaks her out. Okay, and claims he's her father, and then basically keeps her secluded in the woods because he used to work for this organization. Kind of a dogtooths her a little bit, okay. a little bit, but in just the, in like, the movie. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Where he raises her in like the woods. In the show, it's in uh, in Romania. Okay. in the movie, it's in Scandinavia somewhere. I think okay. in Norway is implied, uh, um, but and and that's that's like with the jump off where like you know the two of them live in a cave. And you know, she knows that she can't leave outside the red paint on the trees and that's it. Um Joel Kinnaman you know from uh, uh Suicide Squad. In the killing. He's really good in the killing. Really good in the killing. That's that's where I caught on in Joel Kinneman, that's probably why he was no, the never saw him team killing from Suicide the Squad. Yeah. Um but he's he's really good in it. Um I don't know if I love the movie, and I think I might... I'm sorry, the TV show. I think I might be taking movie bias into it. Uh, this will probably be something where I finish it. Are you I'm, a fan of film, too? I am. Okay. I really am. Yeah. It's like... It's great. It is like before-its-time, like John Wick-style action, where it's just like really brutal and really hyper-stylized uh, in a way that I enjoy. Um, but... I think that the the TV show, because it's a 10-episode season, it meanders a little too long for me. Um, it's also, it's like super young Sarsha Ronan. And she's so good. Oh, yeah. In Hannah. Oh, in the movie? And, movies, she's yeah, a Hannah. she's a top nice. character. Yeah, I like her. It's Eric Bana and Kate Blanchett are the
0: father and the villain. They're yeah. really good. Um, TV series is on... Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime? Okay. Yeah, I've seen advertisements for it. Yeah, my, they've been pushing hard. My Fire TV has been trying, begging me to watch that show. <laughs> That's why I told
1: you, I will eat what streaming shows feed to me. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, I recommend it uh, with that asterisk. That I think that you should not watch... If you haven't watched the movie, don't watch the movie. I was going to say. Watch the TV show. Yep. And then if you like the TV show, watch the movie for an alternate take. Sounds like a good advice. Yeah. Um, the TV show just seems like the right amount of time to tell that story. I'm sorry, the movie... I'm fucking mm-hmm. up. The movie is the right amount of time to tell that story. I think the TV show makes it over long. Yeah. It's movie into- like a 90-minute action story. It just fits. It's perfect. That's, and the TV yeah. show's getting into, like, CIA conspiracies with, like, a corporate band. Yeah. And that. there's, like, Interpol involvement. And, like, the movie's so good because... no, This is not a spoiler. It happens in the first two minutes. Uh, but, like, the father's killed... Really early on, oh weird, in the movie. But in this one, like I'm episode like seven, eight, and the father's still alive and still a major actor. So hey,
0: right.
1: anyway.
0: let's round up that reality. Survivor was good again. Survivor was entertaining as hell this week. Yeah, yeah, entertaining <laughs> is better than a good. I think, as a descriptor for this week's episode. Yeah, because, like, good can be, like... Like, for me, good is, like, both both entertaining, but also, like, a bunch of people... Playing well. bunch of people playing well. This is where... Everybody l- played like shit, except for, like, Devin's <laughs> and Kelly and David. But it, it made for wildly entertaining TV, because, it, I mean, 11 people showed up knowing what they were going to do. Like, everybody knew what they were going to do. And that didn't happen. And it all burned to the damn ground. The person who was most in charge went home. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, this was Brent's number one pick, right? Uh, Julia? Mine's, mine's done. Mine's been done for a while. Mine's uh, mine was Eric. Uh, Teacher, was yours Julia? No, mine's
1: Joe. Joe. Oh, I've I've rechanged on Gold Derby. I've I've
0: picked a new winner of okay. Gold Derby Valley. My my winner as of last week was Victoria. Oh, I'm Victoria. Yeah, she's great, man. Victoria's one of the few people that I can see a game plan that I can see how she's playing. I think Victoria's biggest hurdle is going to be. Uh, being liked being liked at the she's, end she's but she's got one thing going for her she is just uh, not to
1: be creepy she's cute and pretty And oh, that, yeah that could go a long she's way she's also a
0: bartender so she knows how to talk to people she's a
1: model from Brooklyn yeah she's
0: got it going on
1: dude oh she's and she, her confessionals are so shrewd where she was like we're out here talking about the comma six comma seven I will jump ship as oh, soon as episode it's three. For me. She was like, "Well, first thing you need to know, first thing you need to know about me, never trust me."
0: Yeah, she's yeah. Like, All right. <laughs> I think she's playing well. I, I don't think I've ever seen a survivor contestant go from feeling in charge to just completely neutered the way Ron Clark has over the last two episodes. Oh, yeah, he is totally. I don't know what to do. Full sincere tears. I mean, it's, what did you sign up for? You're going to have some stuff go against you in the game. Yeah. You don't win by just controlling. 17 you also votes. don't win by just being like, "Well, I'll just do whatever y'all say." I just don't want right. to really go home. Yeah, it's, the winners have moments like that that happen, but they regroup and they figure out what they can do. They're Devins. Rick Devins is somebody playing yeah. like a winner. Great around. episode. Great is, tribal.
1: Holy shit! What a hero story for him at Tribal, telling Julie, telling Aurora and Julie to their face, like, "Okay, you guys are really clearly spelling this out." But what if the seven of us on the outside uh, outnumbered the six of you on the inside? He's got the opposite problem of Victoria, too. If he gets to the travel, everybody's going to be like, oh, it's Devin's. We all love Devin's. Like yeah. Everybody. Julius still likes him. Yeah, you oh, yeah. you regrettably write Victoria's name on your winner ballot. Right. But you, like, enthusiastically write Devin's name.
0: Yeah. Although, the fact that he came back from uh, extinction and has somehow not gotten to be kicked off already is... I think he's got a great argument. I think he. I think you know. Uh, they're uh, by this point they're usually
1: like. I, would y'all agree? Like three or four people where you're like, well, these are. This is the winter pool. Yeah, um, and not that we're right every time, but generally, I have a feeling about that. I really don't now. I mean, my
0: winter pool right now is like Kelly, David, Devins, and Victoria. Those are my four. Yeah, the the two returnees because basically there's just going to be a a notion where if you let returnees get to the end, they're gonna carry some weight. Right. I, I think that, that it's short-sighted to not include Gavin. I think that Gavin, Gavin's playing a good game. He's I think Gavin
1: more. is playing a more shrewd game. And I don't think it had, I don't think it should because it didn't have to because he had immunity. Where, like, shrewd, it's true. It's, you don't, your, your goal there is just, like, don't fuck up next week. Right. Yeah. Because cause you don't want, because when you have immunity, you want to be able to, like, like, make a strong enough play Because it is the week you're safe But you don't want to make too strong a play right. To put yourself in a disadvantage next week yep. And I think he did that really well Yeah The only thing that he fucked up was when he had this conversation with Ron Where, like, he handled it well with Julie Where mm-hmm. Julie was like, I don't know what to do And he goes, he looks at her and he immediately Like, like not skipping a beat, went You're fine, mm-hmm. you're not going home Right Which was like,
0: had to have been really reassuring
1: Oh, God, Even though Julie's I do think she took him. it
0: that way, fucking ball game. Julie is, I think, on a fast track to the final three,
1: at <laughs> <laughs> least win like winnable. Like hey, the, everybody wants sit next to her. Yeah. yeah. Um.
0: The uh, two things I want to highlight from that Tribal council. Well, first off, actually, before we get to the Tribal council, I know Extinction did not have much going on this episode, but there is one insight that I really did enjoy, and I think it finally shed some light on what what is the toughest thing about Extinction, and that is. You go out on Survivor, Survivor sucks. Like, eating, you don't yeah. get food. It sucks to play Survivor. Yeah. But you have something to look forward to. You have maybe a reward challenge tomorrow. Yeah. You have... Trouble, even. You have an yeah. immunity challenge in two days that you're going to at least get to plan for and get to discuss strategy on and get to go do and vote and whatever. You have things, you have, like, uh, m- you know, posts marking the yeah. marking the way. The family visit. <laughs> And then, but Eric was, you know, Eric's breakdown on Extinction, while I think it's a little too soon for his breakdown, but still, it makes a good point, which is like, he's like, it's boredom. It is complete boredom. We're not playing anything. So, uh, friends of the
1: show, Chad and Katie watch this show, and I forget what it's called, and I should have looked it up before I started talking, but uh, it's called, like, Alone, I think, it might be what it's called. But it's just like, survival show where they send out, like, eight people to the wilderness, and they're just like... You're out there until you're not out there anymore. Right. Like, we're going to come visit you every week, and all of them... like You can see where they're just starting to go nuts, because they're out there, and they don't have anybody to fucking talk to, they have nothing to do, they're not looking forward to anything. Yeah. They don't know how long they're going to be out there if they want to win, and they just fucking sit there. And this isn't that bad. No, but it it's, is It is similar. Yeah. Boredom sucks. But that's, yeah. that's why... When they were like, oh, we cut a sting... Eric cut a stingray and he cut two fish. It's like... I was like, I'd be fishing all the fucking time. Yeah. Because that is the only thing to do. Because yeah. I made a good point. She was like, does thing stingray have bright blue dots on it? I was like, yeah. and She was like, I wouldn't eat that. <laughs> I was like... That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you make something hot enough. I assume that anybody there is like, hey, hey, hey don't eat that. Yeah, there's <laughs> somebody there being like, no, no, no. I'm sure producers stop them from eating poison. Yeah, you only want to know from straining with a million dollars, which got more savage than I've ever seen Survivor get, where people were shitting in other people's water supply. They'll stop you from drinking like contaminated, yeah. or eating like poison. Well, the fact that nobody's been poisoned yet, yeah. somebody's stopping them.
0: Well. They uh so I've I I know that on one season, uh this is not too long ago, that they uh accidentally poisoned a chicken by giving it bad berries. Uh uh, and uh or or something got mixed up with Was this a chicken that made it all the way to the end? No, but it was uh it was a I forget which season it is, but they actually had this big discussion as to whether they should eat the dying chicken. (laughs) And basically they all just were like, No, let's not eat the the chicken that we accidentally poisoned because they they fed it something they weren't sure what they could feed it and uh, the chicken just got real slow for the rest of the day oh, <laughs> and then God. just like like <laughs> fell over and they're they're like should we I mean they're super hungry and there's like a I would eaten the shit out of it I was like it's just done in his fucking wings the the person they were talking <laughs> Dude, to the wait. person they were talking to said that they wanted to eat that chicken really bad but eventually the tribe voted to just throw it into the jungle or whatever.
1: God. I would have gone out there and been like, What's, at least cut his head off.
0: Just throw it in the jungle. Let it die out there. It was already dead. There. Yeah, okay. Um, but um, the two things from Tribal Council I want to highlight as, as being particularly entertaining were the interaction between um, Kelly and David yeah. Which was, uh, you know, going for each other in this tribal council as they walked in. At one point, with all this chaos happening to their to the sides, looking at each other and just being like, Hey, we should we should play together. Why not? You know? Yeah. And uh, they decided to. And then my other favorite thing was War Dog's extremely aggressive sales pitch of, I'll go Aurora. I'll go Aurora right now. But I, you gotta do it right now. I'll go Aurora. Do you want to do he, Aurora? He, he had the Aurora? first
1: episode where I was like, he played well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To, to get Julia To tell him to shut up
0: uh, Perfect man That's what you want her to say And yeah. when she called Devins a passenger yeah. In the game I was like uh, oh man Everybody when, hates when Julia now When Devons was like
1: oh hey guys She just doesn't want us all to play together Why don't we just all play together And she was like no no that's not what I said he was like oh well Let just let us play together And she
0: was like just do whatever you want to do. I was like, oh, she's done. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Most epic collapse at a single tribal council I've and ever
1: i ever I loved watching every one of her Alliance members just let her crash and burn. Yeah. Like, they were all just like, oops. When <laughs> she said, though, when she was like, when Kelly looked at her and said like, what, what are we doing? And yeah. Julia was like, the same plan. And Devin's, is literally in between them, and he's yeah. like he's got a huge smile. Okay, on his face. well yeah. now I know what was going on. Yeah, they're working together, everybody. Yeah, like we should team up. Like all these like split yeah. tribes that are going, and they're working said, together. And
0: she's like, listen, there's there's many plans, and that's what like, other oh, people did so not want to hear. She's lying to everybody, right? Yeah. yeah, God, she just fucked up so bad. So and she's smart. I feel bad. Yeah. she she's such a good player. She yeah. just crumbled. Sometimes you just. The hunger takes your brain away. Uh, Devon's uh, pregame compared himself to the Kool-Aid man. He wanted to be the Kool-Aid man of, of Survivor, and it's kind of working. <laughs> he did it, that tribal. At least. He's least. He's, he's, he's got a big he's, smile on his face. He's like, hey, guys. yeah, I love oh, David's yeah. analogy.
1: He was talking about sharks and minnows, whatever, and Jeff Probst goes, did that really happen? He goes, yeah, well, I was taking a poop. And then he goes, Devon's. David just told us this image about you know the Lesu Six... Oh, sorry. The comma six, like being the shark, and the rest of you being minnows. Where do you fit in this analogy? He goes, I don't know. I think the poop.
0: <laughs> <laughs> His <laughs> jokes hit, man. He's good. Yeah. He is funny. He is funny. Yeah. Uh, Does that wrap up the roundup? Yeah. Let's let's do some breezy.
1: Yeah, we are running late. It is a slow um, news week. But God, but, yeah, no shit. We've got a couple of trailers. I know Chris has a video game thing he wants to hit on. But I've got something I want to mention that's not getting enough news. I think it'll be quick, and yeah, I will say it, and y'all will go, "Oh, that's awesome!" And that's, that'll be all that's said. Okay. But uh, Marseille Martin, y'all know who that is? No. So she's uh the daughter on Blackish.
0: Oh, that's awesome!
1: And she's playing the uh, kid in the uh, movie Little. She's oh, the girl. Cool. Yeah. Um. So oh, that's she was watching else? with her mom, uh, Big one night. Oh. Yeah, and. Pitch to an executive producer on Blackish, like, what if this were Black Girls and what if it was reversed? Um, so now, at 14 years old, she is the youngest executive producer in Hollywood
0: history. That's awesome. Oh, that's awesome.
1: Yep. Told you. <laughs> <laughs> I knew watching that trailer that it was like a thing that I couldn't describe on the podcast. Like, oh, it's the black version of Big, but backwards. Because yeah. that's like. If you say that that's without the backstory... That's what the 12-year-old girl said when she pitched the show. Yeah. So it is was 100% her idea. She created it. Um, and she's an EP on it. And I think that's fucking awesome. That is nice. Great. Yeah. So uh, uh, having the mental equivalency of a 12-year-old girl... Um, I wanted to bring up... Uh,
0: video games. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I played Tetris. Well, I, I recently got. Uh, we all play trivia. I recently got a question wrong, so I was like, oh, The Division? And I got a lot of like, mm-hmm. uh, I do so, is the one made Brett last Yeah. Okay. So uh, The Division 2 is out, and there's a couple of news stories about this, so I'll kind of do them quickly, and then we can all react and talk about it after we're done recording. But uh, so a few things. So Ubisoft, uh, and it is pronounced Ubisoft because ubiquitous software. It's not Ubisoft? Nope. Sit, Ubisoft, sit. Good company. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, just gonna hit with like two percent of the people. <laughs> yeah, yep. I like the, the 40 forty-five-year-olds who listen, <laughs> <laughs> if there are any. Yeah. Uh, so, a couple things. I'll go from least uh, interesting to most interesting. The first one is uh, uh, so so the division is about a a thing that kind of killed people in the United States. And now rebuilding society. The second game is in Washington D.C. So the first one is, uh, you know, there are gangs that run the city now, and there are a bunch of racial slurs in the graffiti. Mm-hmm. And Ubisoft has decided, hey, let's get rid of that. Yeah, yeah. smart move. You're yeah, right? s- smart move. Least interesting. Uh, second most interesting is uh, uh, all around the White House because you're because you are part of the division you have agents in the Division. The is really cool for that, by the way. It is really cool for yeah. that. The narrative. I mean, it's Tom Clancy's The Division. Right. So it has, like, enough of, like, the spy thriller shit um, in it to make it interesting enough for a video game pitch. Um, so you're in the White House. Uh, all over the White House, there are uh, posters for um, this exhibit that's coming to D.C. I don't know why they're in the White House, but they are. Um, yeah. Where everybody goes and sees the posters. Where should you put these posters? Let's put them under the... The Resolute let's, Desk. Let's put them in the <laughs> hardest
0: place to get to where no one will see it. <laughs> yeah. Face down under the Resolute Desk.
1: That's where they go. But it's a bunch of uh, Vikings holding a golden apple um, in these posters. Uh, and Ubisoft, also the developer of Assassin's Creed. Mm-hmm. And one of the big things in the rumor mill for Assassin's Creed is where's the next one taking place. So according Is to this Fort- like a Helena Troy video game coming up? No. Na- golden apple? No. no, Golden Apple is a separate thing that is all in the Assassin's Creed yeah, universe. Yeah, it's not, not, so, not the apple I'm thinking of. Nope. It's been around I, since the first game. Yeah. It is like an alien artifact thing that is part of the fiction mm. of Assassin's Creed. Uh, but so the whole thing... They have golden delicious apples out of outer space, <laughs> do they? Since like maybe three years ago, uh, 4chan leaks, which sometimes have been right, sometimes have been wrong, but it's all anonymous, so who knows. have been saying that it was Egypt, Greece, so next one is going to be Rome. Uh, but this one, based on the posters and the Golden Apple, looks like it's gonna be, like, Viking bullshit. Whatever you can do with Vikings. Um, which is normally just, like, a rumor that you find in a game. Like, in Watch Dogs 2 there was a rumor about a thing about, like, a, there was, like, a nefarious video game company in the game Watch Dogs 2 which took place in San Francisco where video game companies exist. And it ended up being, like, a non-starter. Uh, it ended up being related to Starlink, one of their games, but irrelevant. Uh, but Jason Schreier, Kotaku confirmed that some of his sources uh, uh, independently like this is his cool his two source confirmation here. Uh, and the thing that I think is the most interesting, and this is not something I can talk really, uh, you know, I can't really be that loquacious spout. But there's an ARG alternative reality game, which is the thing that sometimes games put on normally in the lead up to a game. Uh, but to kind of like build hype in something and to give you like tidbits, kind of the breadcrumb trail about like details. Um, portal 2 had one that was all about potatoes. Because at some point there's a pivotal moment in Portal 2 where GLaDOS, who's like the uh, AI antagonist, gets gets kind of neutered by another program which is voiced by Steven Merchant. And so you have to kind of power her with a potato on your portal gun. So it's really funny, but... <laughs> anyway, there was an ARG uh, about like potatoes and other indie games because it's Valve and Steam, and they could put them in a bunch. So the division has a bunch of ARGs where they're like these weird graffiti sayings. None of them with a the racial slur in it that got removed. In my first tidbit here, where there's just like a random puzzle that requires you to know some geography and facts about Washington D.C. <laughs> and sounds fun. Uh, the game's been out for two and a half weeks, three weeks, maybe four weeks. Uh, and they are unable to solve the last one. Oh, sweet. That oh, sounds fun. So go read up about it. <laughs> it's like, yes. It's super, <laughs> go on. It's super interesting, especially because you get an apology from someone on the Ubisoft staff. Nice. Uh, it's a really interesting tale of uh, programming problems and also uh, puzzle solving. It involves like a community of like 10,000 people trying to solve one puzzle and, you know, trying to attempt a step. It's like when you think you've figured out some riddle and you go, oh,
0: well, it can't be that. That's too easy. And then you move on to the next step. What is that. Yeah. But... You should go check out a video sometime of uh, like, video game secrets and easter eggs that took years to solve, because those are really interesting. Um, I know, like, for example, Grand Theft Auto 6? Is that the last one? 5? 5. 5? Five. Five? Yeah. Had, uh, You know, the alien markings up in one tower, there was like this uh, alien drawing on a wall that people were like, did this just not get put into the game? Right. And it took them, I think they found out what it was like a year ago, finally, uh, that just it was a weird confluence of events that had to happen for you to get visited by aliens. Nice. Um, So, what uh, other Breezy is there? I heard there were trailers. What uh, trailers have come out? There is one most important trailer: The Lion King. No, I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm with I you. mean, The Lion King trailer's good. That's but the thing, that's though. It's like once you know, once we heard that they, what they were doing, that they're doing The Lion King, we know what The Lion King is. I don't need a trailer for it.
1: Especially because the first trailer for The Lion King was a shot-for-shot shot remake of the first trailer for the animated Lion King. Right. Like that, that it shouldn't surprise you that like the first. Like, a
0: real trailer is yeah. not. Yeah, there's nothing to say other than, looks good. Yeah. Um, but no, the Star Wars trailer, episode 9. Episode 9. The Rise of Skywalker. Uh, was released last Friday. And set the internet on fire. It was a lot of fun. The internet is literally on fire right now. That's right. Wait, people on the internet talk shit about Star Wars all the time? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well I'm in, in like a good way. I feel like a lot of the reaction today was very I funny. just want to talk shit about
1: like they talk about it. Oh yeah. right, yes. Well think about the, the release schedule this year compared to last year. Last year we got the title and then three months later we got a trailer. Mm-hmm. We got a teaser. Mm-hmm. And the teaser was way more bare bones than this. Oh this is not a this is a trailer. This is a, it's it's they like called it a teaser when they released it, but it's two yeah. minutes. Yeah. It gave you also like multiple huge Arcs. Like, it, sh- it showed you every major character who is still around in the skywalker you know, series is gonna be except for Kylo Ren. Mm-hmm. And you saw his helmet but you never no, you saw, saw him. him. He throws the dude down okay. in the woods. Yeah, and I watched a little bit the way back of Oh right, yeah, he does. Yeah. You're right. Well someone in the helmet does at least. So, so no that's
0: him without the helmet. I'm super excited about <laughs> Star Wars. I watched it a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um You
1: said that moments
0: ago. Yep. <laughs> I don't know uh is there anything to say? The the title's interesting, the rise of Skywalker.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll, we're out of time, but will you spit your theory real quick on that? Because I think it's really actually probably accurate.
0: Uh, well, all right, listen. At your uh, on, I, I mean, uh, there can't be spoilers because we don't know anything. Well, I don't shit. Yeah. Movie's not out. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, <laughs> I uh, so my hunch is that. I mean, narratively, it doesn't make sense to, like, resurrect Luke. Right. And I also think it's a bad call to just make Ray turn out to be a Skywalker. A Skywalker. Yeah. Um, so my theory, when I heard the title today, I think it would be a fitting end for the Skywalker saga, is if Skywalker becomes the new catch-all term for uh, Force users who do good for the galaxy. Hmm. Uh, sort of the replacement for the Jedi. Especially since Luke wanted to be the last Jedi. He wanted the Jedi to end. He saw the flaws. So does Kylo. And Kylo wants to end all that stuff. And so, um, yeah, that's kind of what I think. And it, and it For me, it bases off the titles of previous movies where I'd noticed parallels in the old trilogies. Where, you know, you have the first, uh, the first movie in a trilogy often refers to a, a single character. You know, it's the Phantom Menace. It's A New Hope. It's uh, the Force Awakens. Maybe. Well, yeah, and, that is
1: definitely about Ray.
0: Yeah, and in uh, second movies, the Last Jedi departs from this a little bit. But you had like The Empire Strikes Back and Attack of the Clones. It was a very actiony sounding. No, but thing. I, th- I think you
1: ran right on the theme there because it is about a shift, change in the climate. Mm-hmm. And in the Last Jedi, you're talking about like the end of an era of something.
0: Okay, yeah, and then the third, the third ones have you have like. Return of the Jedi, Revenge of the Sith, and here we have Rise, the Rise of Skywalker, and so that's kind of how I see it. I see Skywalker as the the uh, follow up to Sith and Jedi. Um, and ah, so I love that
1: theory, and you brought that up with me, and you years before the podcast started. Um, the similarities between the titles um, um, through the trilogies. So, so that's a that's just my hunch. I'm, I'm interested to know who would be party to the rise of the Skywalker. Because there is still an open door for uh, Ben to not be a bad guy through all of it. Yeah, or less likely for Ray to not be, like, wholly good. Right. The, um, that could be a thing. It could be like a Roman handshake kind of agreement... Where it's like... Like we, of the Force kind of... Yeah, like yeah. like we do this because we know that you want to kill me and I want to kill you, but let's be cordial because this has to happen.
0: Yeah. I think the other fun takeaways from the trailer are, uh, first off, uh, someone with a lightsaber taken on a spaceship. <laughs> That's, Holy That looks shit. super cool. We've got Star Wars parkour. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, also, the mostly submerged Death Star uh, skeleton that's out in an ocean it's somewhere. Either a Death Star we've never seen or is the second Death Star. Right. Which would mean they're on indoor Probably. Or the forest moon mm-hmm. of Indoor, yeah. whatever. And then I think kind of linked to that is also you hear the laughter of an old familiar voice at the end of the trailer, which is the laughter of Emperor Palpatine. It is yeah. the Joker. It is a DCU movie now. <laughs> no. No. It, is, it is actually the same actor who was cast in this movie secretly, and he will be reprising his role. He played Palpatine film. in every movie Palpatine was in, except for Empire. Yeah, and they went back and put him into Empire. Yeah, after yeah. the fact. So it was um, like the only good movie Lucas made with all that shit. Yeah. Um. So if, if you haven't seen the trailer, peep that trailer. It's really good. It. Also, you know, this is the trailer. If you were on the fence as to whether you would see the Star Wars movie this year,
1: yeah, it's pretty good. Check yeah, it out. you'll you'll have some... TJ sent guidance. me the link. It was uh, 10 minutes after it got posted by the Star Wars Twitter and I went to look it up on YouTube to see a higher quality version and it was already number 1 on trending after yeah. being oh, there instantly. It was like 12 me, yeah. million. Me and Bert were on the phone like while it was getting posted yeah. pretty much. Um but real quick cuz we're at uh 120 it looks like uh, what to watch? Yeah. What should what's even what are our options? So, I'm going to break the rules here this week. You got one theatrical release coming out: The Curse of La Luna, mm-hmm. not La Luna, La, La Llorona. La Llorona is coming out. It looks like a decent horror film, honestly. Um, Straight James Wan, yeah, James Wan is uh, producing it. Okay, but obviously, what most people are going to be watching if they're a fan of media is they're going to be holding out for Sunday night. Game of Thrones is premiering this weekend. White Animation has a great YouTube video, fully animated recap. Game of Thrones, what you need to know after every season, and what you need to know leading up to season 8. White animation. I can't recommend it enough. It's funny and it's informative. Uh, Hmm. They do like a 5 minute animated video of everything you need to know leading up to season 8. So, I'm going to say stay home. Watch that. Have some wine. (laughs) Then Sunday
0: night, get ready for Game of Thrones. Uh, So that's my vote. So I'm breaking the rules. Okay. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, you've got, Game of Thrones just premiered this past Sunday, so, uh, um... it is Friday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're not
1: going to watch this. Watch it afterwards. You can yeah, fun. It. you can watch it. Give white animation some love. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, we love our Game of Thrones adjacent creators. I've had some drinks tonight, but I was so excited about that today. At <laughs> <laughs> four, you were like, I know what I'm going to recommend for what, what to watch. Yep.
0: Well, I guess you have to go see that fucking horror movie. <laughs> or you just stay on uh, and watch that Star Wars trailer over and over and, <laughs> over, and over and over. You guys, the two, of my, the two of you have already
1: watched 32 combined minutes of Star Wars Episode 9. <laughs> yep. Because you both told me that you watched it eight times. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a two minute long trailer. Yep, that's right. All right, I'm gonna recommend the, the Curse of La Durona because it's the only movie trailer that like legitimately frightens me.
0: It is. Uh, I do not like watching that movie trailer. I no. wish they would stop running it. It is. It is a little a little scary. Little scary. So uh, that was talky talk. Thank you for listening. You can join our Facebook groups. You know where to find them. You can email us, tweet tweet with us. You know where to find us. You can uh, give us a rating, please, and uh, also subscribe to the podcast, please, and. Give some love to the Willow Walkers. Thanks, Willow Walkers. And to Boo Reefa. Boo Reefa. Thank you both. Thank you all. Thanks, dude.
1: Kicking rocks down old dusty roads. Small town, slow pokes, long time ago.
0: Kicking out records of all the things that I know. All